0: Hello and welcome to another Teaching Matters podcast. My name is Jill Mackay and in this episode, I'm talking to the Edinburgh University Student Association Vice President for Education, Deva Mukherjee, about how students use lecture recording and why lecture recording affects our learning communities. For me, Uh, I am hosting these podcasts because I did a bit of investigation into how the university uh, uses lecture recording and you know what is the value of it what is it bringing to Mm -hmm. the university Um, and I think it's so important to talk to students in that (laughs) conversation and I know that was like a real big part of your Mm -hmm. election campaign so first off what is the Edinburgh University Student (laughs) Association Vice (laughs) President for Education?
1: So it is quite a mouthful, but it really isn't that dramatic. (laughs) Like, it sounds very, very grand. Um, But basically, so as vice president education, um, my kind of remit looks at basically like the various elements that students kind of come in contact with related to education during their time as students here. So that could include curriculum, it could include teaching spaces, it could include like various access to like forms of academic support. So it's quite broad, um, which I think is a huge, huge positive because um, each vice president education is really allowed or like allowed the space to kind of shape the role um, based on like what students are speaking. About that particular yeah. year, or like particular trends that have been coming up for the past couple of years. So I think it's a really, really positive thing that it's so broad because you can really kind of shape it to the current needs of different groups of students, yeah. which I think is really, really exciting. Well, it's quite interesting
0: you say that because um, well, I think you you know you had a really interesting manifesto when you were uh, sort of campaigning to Thank be. So I, oh, I <laughs> yeah. really liked it, you know, and so I wonder, you know. In case anybody missed the uh, <laughs> the US elections, like oh, how could they? <laughs> yeah, you know. But um, yeah, could you tell us a little bit about, about some of the things that you think are important for the role? yourself yeah.
1: yeah so um so for context last year i was the students association's black and minority ethnic officer um so that was a part-time role that i was doing alongside my final year um and a lot of like my manifesto was kind of informed by the various issues that liberation campaigns were speaking about because it became very very clear that there were a lot of like really significant issues that were maybe not being um picked up or kind of platformed in the same way um so my broad manifesto <laughs> it was a lot of points but a condensed version is um so the first point was looking at um diversifying and decolonizing colonizing the curriculum so this is something that um, I'm really really passionate about and like there are a lot of students who are like very much having these discussions already which I think is really exciting Mm. and so it's looking about um, it's looking at how we use the curriculum as a space to like represent people from different um, backgrounds and like marginalized groups, um, and I think what it's really, really about is um, really promoting that sense of like critical thinking um, and thinking about like different power dynamics that exist like within society and very much also exist like within academia and within university spaces, and it's really about challenging that yeah. um, and how we kind of equip students to be able to challenge that. Um, and the second point that I have is around like inclusive and accessible learning. Um, so one point under this was looking Looking at lecture recordings and ensuring that um, as meant that students have access to lecture recordings where they can. Um, another point under this was looking at um, the personal tutor system. So looking to make sure that students had like appropriate academic and pastoral support from their personal tutor, but they were also able to access different forms of support. And I think most importantly, they knew the other forms of support that they could access because I think sometimes it could get so overwhelming, yeah. especially during like Welcome Week, where you're like, there are so many flyers, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know what I actually have to retain. Um, and then the final point under this was looking at developing microaggression training. Um, so microaggressions are those kind of like offhand comments that someone from a socially dominant group can make that has the potential to negatively impact someone from a different social background. And do um, they like is that like an intentional thing? No, that that I think that's a really interesting thing about microaggressions. For the most part, they're not intentional, or um, yeah, they're just kind of like offhand comments because I think people like people from social from dominant backgrounds are kind of socialized into kind of like understand different groups and different backgrounds in specific ways Um, so it's not really it's not with malicious intent um, but they still have the potential to negatively impact someone from a different group and I think that's why microaggressions are such an interesting concept because it's really different from what we kind of understand like derogatory speech to be or like derogatory behavior to be because it really sits outside of that and I think it's important that we kind of Mm. treat it in a very different way than we do like with a lot of other things Um, so we've developed kind of like microaggression training like aimed at staff but also we've been delivering it to um, the peer leaders that we have to um, all the resident assistants which I think is really really exciting because what came out of the liberation groups was that just that there was a need for people to talk about microaggressions because I didn't know what a microaggression was until I think like my third year so where I kind of like realize like a lot of things made sense and I was like oh that ah, there we it. go yeah exactly yeah and uh, I think like having that terminology like really really mm-hmm. helped it's like I think it's so so similar to like unconscious bias and there's already training for yeah. that so it's just about how we kind of incorporate those um those various aspects of it
0: I get the very and you know tell me if you think I'm kind of putting words in your mouth here but mm-hmm. I definitely get the impression that for you it's about building a community and it's about mm-hmm. learning communities and yeah that's how we can best serve
1: our students is Definitely. by talking to them. I'm yeah. Maybe like, a bit yeah. of a crazy idea. Yeah, I know. And like, I feel like at a university this size, like sometimes it's like, whoa, that's, there, there are a lot YouTube, of you. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A lot of us. Um, yeah. Cause I think like, the idea of a learning community or, like, academic communities is such a nice idea. Like, I think it's such a wholesome and pure thing as well to, like, really have within universities because I think there's just so much that we can learn from each other. And I'm really grateful that, like, during my time here as a student, like, a lot of the learning that I did that really informed, like, me doing this role right now but also just like my other academic interests it was learning from like a lot of my fellow students and a lot of being like oh this my random friend is like reading all of this material on this really niche topic and now Mm -hmm. I've learned it and it's really exciting and I think that's such a like a wonderful idea because I think sometimes it can be quite easy at a university this size to get like very much bogged down and like the very much like what is on your timetable <laughs> and, like the very specifics like okay you're going to learn this in this lecture and that's going to be it for the week um, and i think sometimes that like for students that can like really be quite constricting um so like yesterday we were doing a workshop um with some of our program reps um around diversifying the curriculum and some of the students were saying this where they were like we often don't we often just don't have time to do a lot of extra reading mm-hmm. because it's so much emphasized that we like need to do our core reading so then we can like write these essays and stuff um, and one of the students was saying that like She's a law postgraduate student, um, and she was saying that like one of her favorite times of like the week or the month or the semester is when the law school kind of puts on their like guest lectures or like their seminar series, because you're able to kind of go to those and like still have like academic engagement with like your fellow students, but also your staff. But it's still it's not very much like this is your timetable time and you have to sure, you kind of have yeah. to study this. It just I think it really promotes just that it's sense that of that like wanting bit of to social learn. Social kind of yeah exactly. And yeah. like I remember like the anthropology society, what they do is like. They have socials before the um, anthropology department kind of puts on the seminar series, and then after that, the, like the students and the staff, like we'll all go out together mm. for like coffee or something. And I think that's a really lovely idea of like being able to learn from each other and have those conversations and not just specific, specifically kind of like rigid spaces. Because yeah. I think there is just a lot of learning that we can do, and I think it's so nice when that happens, like quite organically as well. Um, so I think there's just quite a lot that we can do in kind of like supporting those frameworks because I think a lot of like especially academic societies are already doing that where they are forming these learning communities and it's just about like how we kind of platform yeah, and, and share that
0: and and helping people into those yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly I, I think that's just lovely I think you know for a VP of education I just think that's like yeah that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good
1: learning thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's just quite nice yeah I
0: think it's fun when I put my kind of evaluation evaluating lecture recording hat on it's like there's just so much else mm-hmm. going on for students. Like this really yeah. is quite a, you know, it's yes. it's a really good resource yeah. and it's and it can help people so much, especially yeah. if maybe, you know, they are coming from a background where they don't have a lot of social capital. Yeah, you know,
1: exactly. Yeah. It gives
0: them like a, a, an extra resource that they mm-hmm. can use and we can support students yeah. to use that resource. Yeah, 100%. Resource. But, yeah, I think one of the things that I really enjoy when I talk to you is like, there's just so much else yeah. going on just like <laughs> yeah. you know it's one thing and it's great but yeah we have to do so much to help yeah. people into our like into this academic community that mm-hmm. hopefully Edinburgh is so yeah just I really I really like that attitude that you yeah,
1: have thank you. yeah I think because like from the conversations that I've had like students do really care about lecture recordings and they really like just like you said like it is a valuable resource for them but it's like an additional resource that they can also use because I think one of the most important Things that I've kind of seen students yeah. talk about when they talk about lecture recordings is being like, oh, if we have a lecture recording, then we don't have to kind of just focus on making notes. And we can kind of like engage with the lecturer more and yeah. engage with those thought processes rather than being like, This is a this is now a timed process of how fast I can write. Yes. Which, like I remember being in lectures and being like, oh my God, my hand does not move fast enough for this, like I can't do this. Um and I think like, yeah, lecture recordings is just a, an additional resource to support the learning that students are already doing, like within that lecturing space, but also out with that. And mm. I think it's just a really n- nice way to be able to support students with that.
0: Yeah, somebody uh, I was talking to said this great thing um, where they were saying, uh, you know, if they're going to ask a question in a lecture nowadays, you know, when it's a recorded lecture, mm-hmm they'll ask a question about, like, I didn't understand such and such, or, like, can Mm. you explain this to me? Whereas, like, if the lecture's not recorded, it's more important to ask, could you say that again because I didn't catch it? Whereas those little things you don't need to worry about quite so much so you can actually think about the topic.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. I just, like, for me, I hadn't really thought of that before,
1: and I was like, oh, yeah, Yeah. okay, I get that. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the thing. It's, like, quite a simple thing, but, like, that's how lecture recordings just do really help students in like really really simple ways like that like much more broadly it helps so many students with like different access requirements Mm. students with english as a second language and a host of other groups of students but for something like that it's just so simplistic and it just helps
0: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it makes it easier yeah like what a world yeah what a world diva there is I think another thing that staff are sometimes concerned about with lecture recording is attendance. Mm. Um, and, yeah. you know, I don't want to date this podcast too heavily, but, you know, outside today is grey and yeah. horrible and rainy. And like, I really <laughs> yeah. had to pull myself out of bed yeah. today. Um, and I suppose some people worry that, you know, if it's one of these really grey and horrible days... Mm. It's a Thursday morning after you know the Wednesday sports yes. things
1: have been happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe I'm just not going to turn up to that 9am mm-hmm. lecture because Jill will be there and she'll be sure. recording it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what's what's the what's the VP education stance on that?
1: So I think like. Uh, I understand like how that is like a very very valid concern, and I can completely understand the perspective of where a lot of staff members are coming from um, when they do really hold that and believe that. But I think um, from my experience of like speaking to a lot of different a lot of different groups of students, like students who have like very early lectures um, on like non George Square campuses, or students mm. who do have like later afternoon lectures and stuff like that, like students just do really want to be able to learn because a lot of time, like for the most part, this is a broad statement, but students are at university to be able to learn. <laughs> (laughs) and like do really kind of value that time with their lecturer with um whoever's kind of teaching them because that is such a valuable resource and like that's what really like makes the university of edinburgh Mm. such a great space like the incredible staff members that we have here and everything we can learn from them and like i hate the winter i hate rain (laughs) like i have been in a position where it's been like i do not want to leave the house (laughs) for this lecture it is 9 a.m but i think sometimes like if students like really do enjoy the lectures like they will still make that effort and I think particularly like I think from a very very like personal experience like whenever I've had say a lecture that has like been very engaging and like say like using different like technologies that means that students can kind of like Mm. feed in responses like during the lecture and stuff that always makes you go because you want to be able to have that dialogue yeah and I think that's really exciting for students because I think sometimes students like like believe lectures to be like um, very much based on like what you see in the media of it being like a very grand kind of like staircase and like there's like one person in the front and then you have no conversations and that's it. But I don't think that's what it's like. I think there's so many incredible staff members who put in a lot of effort and a lot of work to really be engaging with students and open up that dialogue. And I think when that happens, like students will put in the effort to go because they do really want to like be a part of that conversation. And that's one of the biggest positives of being at the University of Edinburgh that like a lot of staff members do put in that work. And I think oftentimes like students, a lot of students just will not attend lectures, like whether, whether they're look recorded or not. And that could be for a host of various reasons. It's funny you
0: say that because uh, I worked with a professor who will remain nameless uh-huh. uh, for the benefit of the tape, but uh, I worked with a professor who used to like really firmly insist that they got their entire undergraduate degree by never going to any lectures. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and that, that was very impressive you know and they they were now a professor and yeah. really good at yeah. what they do yeah. and um, I am not advocating that in <laughs> any yeah. stretch of the yeah. imagination but I do think there needs to be a bit of respect for yeah. you know Everyone at university is an adult and are learning exactly. in a way that suits them. Maybe exactly. need
1: support yeah. to
0: develop different strategies, yeah. but there has to be a bit of flexibility. Yeah, in that, I think
1: even. that's such a good point. Like the idea that like students are able to like develop our own forms of learning or like how we understand our learning styles. Because obviously, like from wherever you're coming from, when you start university, like it can't, it is a big difference and it is a big change in the way yeah. in which you kind of like go to classes or like. Like, respect, like approach your staff members and stuff like that with various questions but it is something that we're all kind of capable of doing yeah, Like, yeah. and I think it's really helpful to know that we have other resources and other forms of support that students can access such as lecture recordings but students are still kind of able to kind of make that decision and be like I know what works for me because at the end of the day, I think students are here to learn and are here to get a degree and are here to really be enriched by like the incredible knowledge that we have here. Sure. You know, kind of like cheat the system.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: And it's one of these
0: things in the literature when people are trying to evaluate lecture recording. Mm-hmm. Answering that question about attendance is mm-hmm. really difficult. And one of the reasons is because there are so many things that affect attendance yeah. and uh, it's, it's very difficult to compare sort of year on year because yeah. if, you know, maybe your timetable has stayed the same, but it doesn't mean that every other course's timetable has stayed yeah. the same, yeah. you know, uh, there's also just some, you know, sometimes a class is different and I've yeah. never, I've you know, I've been teaching for a while now and it's this weird thing, but sometimes like a class just has a different kind of vibe to it.
1: Yeah, yeah And I you think, that, yeah. why is
0: this? You know, it's yeah, presumably definitely. like the same kind of groups of people yeah. that are getting through. Why yeah. just something about that kind of mix of mm-hmm. individuals has changed this dynamic. Yeah. Um, I think maybe, yeah, coming back to a lot of what we've been saying about learning communities. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, studying attendance in relation to lecture recording is difficult because you can't, You know, we can't, yeah, we can't like split students up into equal groups and say, right, you guys are going to get this resource. You guys aren't going to get this resource. And then we will compare you statistically. And, and, you know, and if actually it really damages your learning, well, you know, but at least we answered this question scientifically. That's not something that we can do uh, or should even want to do, you know. Um, But so I think from from the staff perspective, the question we have to ask is, well, if somebody isn't attending Mm -hmm why
1: exactly yeah
0: is is it a problem and if it's not a problem all right (laughs) you know but if it is a problem okay what can we do to help you
1: exactly yeah. yeah it is about like having that conversation with your students because what we've kind of seen is that a lot of students particularly um from like who have different access requirements or um have like care responsibilities and stuff sometimes coming to a lecture just isn't possible yeah. it just isn't possible and it's not because they're lazy or they can yeah. or they can, like can't put in the effort to kind of do that it's just because they can yeah. and I think sometimes like Um, That's why, like, this conversation, I think, is, like, so, so important to have because it really does impact, like, certain groups of students, like, being able to stay at university. Like, sometimes for students, like, having access to lecture recordings makes the rest of the responsibilities a lot easier to be able to do because students are juggling a lot of things while they're at university it's not like you're for the most part it's not like students are only going to classes we have other things to do as well so I think sometimes it can can be quite hard um so yeah I think like having the access to those resources is just so helpful for so many different groups Mm -hmm. of students Thank you for listening to
0: our Teaching Matters Lecture Recording podcast. Uh, This episode has been about Lecture Recording, but the Teaching Matters podcast is going to be open to conversations about teaching all across the university. Teaching Matters is meant to promote, discuss and celebrate teaching at the University of Edinburgh, and it is a place to have a conversation. So if you're interested in hosting a podcast yourself, uh, I can assure you it's a really fun experience, then do get in touch with the Teaching Matters blog and the Institute of Academic Development and they will set you up.